Welcome in. Welcome back. Another episode of Texans Huddle. I am ND. He is Drew. And the player of the game, player of the week, player of the month, uh, depending on the position and the side of the ball, Kymie Fairbairn is joining us here in Texan Huddle. Typically, as a former defensive lineman, we don't get a chance to really talk to special teamers, the kickers and stuff, but Man, what you've done here, what you've been doing, it's pretty impressive. And welcome to Texans Huddle, and congratulations on the success. Pleasure for all that. Yeah, happy to be here. Part it, of this part of the squad. Yeah. It, I will say this. I've always wanted to ask this question to kickers. What's going through the mind? What's going through your mind? Uh, you just came off of the game-winning uh, field goal. What, what's the thought process before you swing that leg? Before? Yes. Um, I've learned that simple thoughts are best, you know, when you try to – clutter your mind with a lot of things it kind of makes things messy um so the routine of it you know building that through practice through the season through the off season all that controlling your thought and and um eliminating distractions um things that don't matter you know situation you know the period of the game whatever it may be and just focusing you know for me it's my breath mm. and like connecting to the ground my feet um, it's a lot of feel for me. It's it's less about thought, more about feel, and and you just let it rip. You know, just trust and and know and let it rip. That that's very interesting. Yeah, you, you know, to be like one with the ground. That that sounds uh, pretty yeah. cool. Like, <laughs> do you do you practice that? You, you know what you're saying. Do you practice the breathing? Do you practice uh, the thought process during the week? Absolutely. Um, after a certain period, like for me, it's less about technique. Um, I do practice on my technique. Obviously, it's an important part. But be, after that, then it becomes, you know, mental. You know, kicking is 100% mental to me after, you know, it's, it's similar to the golf. Like, you, you have your swing, and now you just have to trust your swing. So being able to connect to my breath, connect to the ground, and, and repeat the feels of success in my head, that's, that's how I kind of try to operate. Sounds like a peaceful process there for Kaimi Fairbairn and – it really is on the way up. But I was at about the 15-yard line on the Texan sideline, and I had my phone out. I was focused just on you. I didn't even, like, follow the ball. But it was interesting to watch, and I stayed. I didn't look. I didn't see what was going on. You kick it. You kind of watch, and then you sort of stroll off towards the sideline. <laughs> you take off your helmet, throw it on the ground, and flex, and the, the place goes banana. At least that sideline goes bananas. The crowd goes pretty quiet there in Tennessee what what was the what was the emotion how, how good did it feel what do you remember after it after it left your foot um there wasn't a lot of thoughts after um it was all in that moment of the kick and then honestly it was just like just emotion after that my favorite part of that whole thing and it's like because I've had game winners before sure but watching other kickers and go through game winners it's the I mean, obviously, it's the guys on the field, but the sideline, that's what I love. I like watching that, seeing how the team, like, kind of just comes together, especially in an away environment. That is what I love. So I I, I wish I would have, you know, hugged Cam a little bit more. <laughs> and those guys, like, I, those guys are – it's such a thankless job. Cam Johnson's your holder. Cam the punter, and Weeks yeah. and yeah. all those guys, like, blocking, like, that's such a thankless job. So first, you know, thank them. And then to the sideline is just like the brothers, you know, it's, sure. you know, and the happiness that everybody had and the relief and all that. So that's my favorite part about 
hitting game winners. Yeah. You, you uh, how much of that joy that was in there? How much of that was being gone for so long? And I kind of talked about this with you after the game in the locker room, but. Man, how much did that factor into it? Because you, you had to w- watch from the sidelines, and, you know, this is a fun season. Oh, no doubt. It, it we'll was get tough. to that later. Yeah, it was tough watching, but, you know, when things aren't going your way, you, you appreciate a little bit more um, when you're out. And uh, going back further from that, you know, our last few years haven't been easy. So, you know, having these, you call it stress of, you know, big games and, uh, you know, meaningful games, is like you enjoy that stress because you know what it's like to not have that. You know, in December games, it doesn't mean anything. We've had those those years and it's go through the motions, but now it's different and there's there's meaning behind it and it it makes it more special for sure. When do you know it's good? Like this last kick, we'll focus on that. Is it as soon as it's off the foot? Like when, when do you know? Like oh, that's going through. Yeah, pretty much immediately <laughs> when I when I hit it, but. Honestly, before that, you know, like you in those type of situations, you can't wish the ball in. You know, mm-hmm. you have to you have to know. Um, and yeah, I've learned that through experience with missing and making. So it, it's just part of the process. So you say before? Are you saying like before you actually make contact? You're like, I, I know this one's going in, or? Um, no, I think it's just a mental mi- you know, mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when I hit the ball, then yeah, then it's like oh, that one came off good. Oh, nice! And then it's just <laughs> nice. Yeah. But before I forget, because Vandermeer told me to ask you <laughs> how your golf swing or how golf helps you as a kicker. Oh, because uh, you're are you, you're the best golfer on the team right now, right? I would say Case probably. Case is oh. better than you. We haven't really had a matchup. <laughs> uh huh. We his handicap's better than mine. Oh, okay. Um, and he's got a few more. Uh, He's got some cool hookups, you know, at some good <laughs> golf courses. So I, that was important too. So I, you know, he's. I, I hope to play to him in the off season. We, we yeah, we keep it light, but right. yeah, it's fun. Um, for my golf swing compared to my kicking swing, um, well, the motion is just the same. The technique. Okay. Uh, there's a lot more aspects of golf where you have to be locked in. Like you're trying to hit yardages in golf, where kicking you're just hitting, you know, your best ball. So that's a little bit different. Um, but when you're getting into the game, it's like, you know, when you're on a golf course, you need to hit a shot. You need to turn on that switch or whatever it is. You need to hit a putt, a chip that's important. It's like, how do you develop that, that on switch, that focus switch? And that's what I try to do on the golf course to practice in the off season and then take it to the the field, I guess. You grew up, you're a hell of a soccer player growing up in in Hawaii. You pick up football there in high school, I believe. Mm Mm-hmm. When did golf come into the game into the, the picture? I was on the golf team my senior year. Okay, so high school. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't serious. It was just kind of <laughs> you get out of school for the day, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and you get to hang out on a golf course with, with the boys. Um, after that, you know, my dad got me a set, uh, a decent set in college, and then right when I got into the league, I knew that was kind of something I wanted to pursue. So I spent a lot of money on some on some golf clothes, probably too much. Should have got some lessons. <laughs> Andy and I have heard this from a few of your counterparts that have been on the show that the golf bug bit them, and so you I, keep going. It yeah. absolutely bit me. And then, yeah, I spent a lot of time wildcat over here, mm-hmm. you know, asking certain guys on the team who have been good, Brandon Whedon, um, Shane Leckler, all those guys who have been playing for a long time, watching them ball out and swing the club. It's Yeah, it's just kind of been something I've continued to learn. Did you take lessons? I did, yeah. 
do that like when you take these lessons is it kind of similar to being coached up on how to kick in the right form or is it completely different because everybody who I talk to who's really into golf I'm not because I'm horrible at it it just took me one day to realize "Eh, this isn't your thing you know they just talk about how it's such a different approach and different sport well yeah to say this like for golf it's like you're not naturally good at golf no one is or at least I haven't met someone that is so to me, that's my favorite part. It's like the only way to get better is you've got to put in the time. Um, and you do, but with a golf coach, to me, it's like they, <laughs> if you don't have a golf coach, you're kind of in the dark <laughs> and you're just searching for something. And when you have a golf coach, you kind of, he shows you, he brings light to certain things of what you need to focus on, what your tendencies are. Um, <laughs> so that that's helped a lot for me. I want to go back to kicking because I played with one of the greats. I don't know if you remember the name David Akers. Uh, he was a kicker with me in Philadelphia. And when it was time for him to attempt a game-winning kick or any kick, mm-hmm. we always stayed away from him. Uh, like, is that something? And I, I can't remember if he put it out there, but we just knew, like, you know what? Don't go say, hey, we, you got this or we're with you no matter what. We just stayed away. Is that something that's common in, in the world of kickers, or do you kind of put it out there like, hey, y'all don't talk to me before the kick? Uh, yeah, I've never had that conversation with anybody huh. about stay away from me, but I guess they probably know that by the way things have gone. Yeah, I've geez. I've naturally just kind of, not isolated, but kind of gone in my little bubble, I guess, of bubble of focus. And, you know, if someone did come up to me, you know, Frank or Cam or Weeks or trainer whatever it is it's just you know you don't resist those things you you know whatever is happening is happening and then you kind of welcome whatever comes and then if it if it distracts you come back you know it's it's just whatever i don't don't try to force anything is that 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 makes sense yeah it makes i mean think about it talking with kaimi fairbairn the kicker of the set you don't have any teammates that do what you do i mean you have specialists but cam johnston's job is not what you do and vice versa and John Weeks and you guys hang out together but there are other defensive linemen there are other quarterbacks there are other running backs that kind of plays into it a little bit as well wouldn't you say yeah um yeah I think everybody has their their own specific focus of you know how to be good at their job mine's is different than a lot of guys but yeah they respect my process and that's my process and go from there yeah what goes first for kickers? Like, as a defensive lineman, year 10, 11, started to feel it in my knees. Like, when do kickers start to feel like, uh, you know what, this is starting to catch up? Yeah, I, unfortunately, I've had my quad thing the last five weeks, and that kind of crept up on me somehow. It's kind of like a freak thing. Um, but, you know, it's part of the job, I guess. Um, for kickers, I think it's just a repeated motion gotcha. over and over and over and gotcha. over again. Um, so just maintaining balance in my body, not getting too one-sided, um, that's been a key for me. When you played soccer, were you the guy that would do the corner kicks? Were you the guy that would do the penalty kicks? Did it kind of vary? They'd have a bunch of people doing those things? Or were, when play stopped, were they like, Kaimi, go! Or was it not that way? No, that was usually how it went. Okay. Free kicks, penalties, corners. Um, I don't know how that started. I just <laughs> liked doing it, and I could kick a ball well. Um, kind of put it where I needed it to and yeah I think that's where it started and then kicking just kind of became oh that sounds like something I would do and I had a good coach in high school who kind of taught me the you know the technique and then the and then the mindset behind that 
are there more guys that you play soccer with that also play football as kickers? Because I know a lot of kickers played soccer, but I'm actually surprised more soccer players, you know, don't gravitate to it. Yeah, it surprises me too. Um, back home in Hawaii, no, there wasn't a lot of guys who just yeah. kind of picked it up. We, Everyone played other positions too, receiver, mm. DB, whatever it is. Um, if you go from soccer to football and you're just a kicker, it's a very different because you're just, I mean, you maybe got 25 seconds of game time. Right. So it's just, it's a different game. Um, and I think that probably what kept a lot of soccer players from doing that job. Are you a big soccer fan now? Yeah, absolutely. MLS or the Premier? Premier League, yeah. Who, yeah, what's your team? Yeah, who's, who's your, your squad? Uh, Arsenal. Arsenal, Go, okay. go Gunners, yeah. Who's your current favorite soccer player and, current, and all-time favorite soccer ooh. player? All time would be Thierry Henry, no doubt. Oh, all right, all right. Um, yeah, that's who kind of brought the love to me, mm -hmm. showing his swag. Uh, right now, I mean, you can't not love Messi and what he's done. Um, who do I enjoy watching, though? That's tough. The team, the, the Premier League has been great. Uh, I really like watching Mo Salah, mm -hmm. Liverpool, even though he's on a rival team. He's, he's excellent. And then City have been great, so... I mean, there's a lot of good players, a lot of good teams. Why do you think we as a country have not embraced soccer or football as the you know like the rest of the world? Oh, that's a great question. I think it's coming. Mm -hmm. um, we're showing that, but I just think it's okay to be different. We have different loves here, you know, football, baseball, basketball, and that's okay. And you know, we we strive at that and we excel at that and. The world has, but we're literally the only country, and my parents are from Nigeria, so uh -huh. I grew up playing soccer. But America, the greatest country in the world, but it's literally the only country that doesn't give soccer the respect to the rest of the world. Like, what, what, what's your opinion? You played it, you yeah. excelled at it. Yeah, I, I need a better answer than that. What, what, what's the reason why <laughs> we, we, we haven't embraced the sport of soccer like Man. the rest of the world? Might be the flopping. I don't know. That's <laughs> there you go. Now we're, now we're pulling it's it out. It's a little soft. <laughs> yeah, it annoys me too. I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, I just love the game. It's, it's the freedom of it, the creativity. Um, you know, everyone's on the ball. It's it's cool sport. To you know, speak, oh, real quick. Speaking of the flopping, I heard this, and since you played at a higher level, maybe you'll know the answer. I heard that the reason they flop is because there's no real timeout, so that's the only time you can get a rest. Oh, there's some it's, a lot of part the gamesmanship of it. Okay. it. It's beyond just flopping. It's like stalling the game, annoying the team, whatever it is, like wasting time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's all part of the game. Um, I wish the refs managed it a little bit better like there is more you know consequence for flopping and then that could probably get it out a little bit more but it's growing though soccer it's not yeah it's not what some of the other sports are but there is no doubt that it's growing I mean look at Saturday mornings you can watch Premier League on you know so many different devices basically every one of the, the big leagues Spain Italy Germany they there's places you can find them to watch that didn't exist 15 years ago in this country. I mean, that was hard to do. I'm, I'm going to give you some pushback. Okay, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. And then in addition to that, so I played soccer here in Houston in the 80s. And one of my best friend's dads got voluntold to coach it. And this guy knew how to teach hand placement, how to block as an offensive lineman. Mm -hmm. He didn't know much about soccer. You know what we did? He said, boys, get in a line. And so we lined up single file. He got a soccer ball. He, he knelt down. He used his foot as a tee, and he said, I want you to run and kick this ball as far as you can and then run to the fence line and back. 
And that's that was our soccer. Whereas I've got boys now, wow. a ten year old and eight year old, and they went out and they played soccer pretty competitively for you know one of the club teams, and there were like six teams per level of age group, and they're passing, they're doing all the, like it's super advanced. That's just one little club in Houston, and there's many many clubs in Houston. No telling how many more are in the state, in the country. There was not that was not going on 25, 30 years ago. So it's growing. But See, trust me, it's just growing a little slower than what you're accustomed to. It may be it. growing on the little league level. No, it, it's growing at people. Because I'm older than it. you, and we actually had good soccer coaches growing up. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like once you got to a certain age, it was like, okay, I've done soccer. Now let me quote, move on to the quote unquote real sport. But the reason I asked, I actually went to a game here at NRG, and it was awesome. Like, it was yeah. amazing. And the whole time I'm there, and I'm like, why isn't this bigger? Why isn't it bigger? I just it feel is like bigger. this didn't exist. Like p- people didn't go to soccer games twenty years ago, thirty years ago in I, the states, in Houston. Well, they didn't have the opportunity, but and I still don't see our. Now. I don't see our best athletes still playing. Mm. Look at Kaimi. He said, "You know what? Screw soccer. I'm gonna play football." True. And he's a football star now. So, and I'm, you know, I say I that wouldn't jazz, call myself a great athlete. Just, <laughs> just putting that out there. <laughs> no, I actually would, but. Uh, and I get what you're saying, yeah. Drew, but it just feels and like... I'm not saying we're going to win the World Cup next summer. I'm just saying it. it is undeniable. It, In this country, soccer is getting more popular. I'm not saying it's overtaking anything. I'm just saying it's getting more popular and are we seeing better. The game is growing, yeah. Are we growing seeing better, more athletes better. choosing soccer over basketball and I think football so. now? I think so. I'm not okay. going to say the best ones are necessarily, but I... Here and there, I think it's growing. But anyways, I hope I'm wrong. Man, we're veering off course because <laughs> we've got Kaimi Fairbairn here. Kaimi, you're unless something weird happens, you are probably the AFC Special Teams Player of the Week, deservedly so. Four field goals, two of them beyond fifty. The game winner. How sweet has this season been? You alluded to it earlier, and let's just kind of rewind and reset for everyone. You got here in 2016, and you saw you sat for that year. You're you're uh, you're on injured reserve. And then you've now seen three different quarterbacks get drafted here and play. You were on some playoff teams. You led the NFL in scoring in 2018, went to the playoffs then, and then you mentioned the dark times over the last three years. How rejuvenating is 2023 for you, man? Yeah, I think you find your love when it's not going well. You know, why, you know, if you're not winning, what do you love about it? And that's what that period of, you know, those three years showed me. Um, but the energy we have here is is special, and you feel that, and the brotherhood, and you know, coaches, and everything, the 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 whole stadium, you know, it's it's just even the city, you know, the fans, like people coming back and you know, showing love. It's you feel that energy, and I think you just got to let it grow. Um, we got a lot of good people here, and that's where it starts: good people and coming together and working hard. And then just let will be, will be, you know, uh, see where it goes, see where it takes us. Is there a different mindset when you're kicking for, you know, a team that's still in the hunt versus uh, a team that you know is out of the playoff picture? Like, is there a different mindset or do you keep the same mindset? Mm, I try not to. I try to not let it affect me um, in years past. You know, if we're winning or losing in the game, mm. that's the kind of stuff where the situation doesn't matter. You know, a PAT at the end of the game when you're up by 50, you know, you still have to focus in, lock in, and and make that kick, um, or vice versa if you're losing. So I try not to let that bother me. I'm glad you brought up PATs. We're seeing more missed PATs. Is it as simple as because they moved it back? Uh, 
when did they do that? About four or five years ago? Or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Is it as simple right as because when I got to the You know, give me your take on that because, you know, back when I played in the late 90s, early 2000s, PAT was just like a foregone conclusion. Do you like the fact that they made it more challenging? Yeah, I think it was good for the game. Um, yeah, before it was just, I mean, the guys at this level, they're, you're just not going to miss that. Right. So having to turn on that switch, like I said, and PATs, they matter, especially, you know, if it's – we had that situation this past weekend where we scored late and we needed to tie the game. That 33 now becomes a little bit more pressure. And when, when you're on the practice field alone, it's like 33, how do I – this looks close, and then you get to the game. It's like, ooh, that looks a little <laughs> farther right now. But that's just, you know, just just thoughts. And um, yeah, like I said, get back to your routine and make the kick. And hell, it paid off for the Texans because what they do, what the Titans do on the very first drive of the game, they score the touchdown and they miss the PAT. So you you guys were tied at the end of the game, and you go into overtime. That every point matters, like we say. Case Keenum, that's your ping pong partner, right? That's my boy. What? Uh, how fierce are these ping pong? Because I've seen glimpses of them when we come into the locker room to interview you guys after practices sometimes. Yeah, those might be one of my favorite times of the week, no doubt. Um, we we have our own. <laughs> we got lift and all this stuff, so we try to squeeze it in when we can. There's a lot always media getting in our way when we're playing, <laughs> so we give them a little entertainment. Um, but Case is probably the best ping pong player I've ever played, so we've had some heated battles. And I've seen you uh, seen you messing around with Titus Howard also. He's pretty good. Titus is all right. You can take him. He doesn't have a backhand, so okay, it's just, okay. I mean, you can play around, you know. <laughs> all right, i got to get y'all's perspectives because you're, you're both will have perspective on it. So you've been here, and I'm sure ping pong tables have been here and then been taken away uh, quietly. And I'm guessing, was there ever a ping pong table in your career in Washington, Philadelphia? Here? Oh, there's definitely one, but it just collected dust. It just because collected dust. It was all about was... the the xbox and playstation i don't play any of those i'm more yeah. of a domino guy but uh we the only time we did ping pong was during training camp at lehigh university when really? i was with philly like and coy detmer backup quarterback was by far the best ping pong player on the so it's all the skill guys or excuse me the, the specialists and the quarterbacks is kind yeah, of how, I think how it goes yeah. Yeah. that's usually how it goes where, where is it now where is it now the ping pong table middle of our locker room really center yeah. court yep do y'all have to set it up every day and or is it just it's there and then obviously when the games come around oh, yeah. in the weekend we'll take it out but yeah it's pretty much pretty much permanent huh yeah we definitely did not have it i've, when I've I was always here. found it fascinating because i don't think it matters but you'll see sometimes coaches just yank it out and say like not say but like this we got to get focused back on football and then you know a few years later it creeps back in you know what's your what's your thought on all that Ooh, good question my mindset behind it i always welcome competition i think that's good wherever you may find yeah. it it just creates that you know and then plus on top of that i, I think it's a great warm-up <laughs> moving your feet hand eye like why wouldn't you want that right. kind of skill you know something you work on every day how can that not translate to, you know, we got old linemen playing like Titus, Jimmy, like all these guys, Davis plays, you know, the, all the receivers. So to me, it's just why, why not? Uh, obviously, keep the main thing the main thing. Do right. the things you got to do. You got to take care of responsibilities before you can have fun. But 
you know, hopefully we got the right guys in the building who doing that anyway. He won't say because he's. I can say it. If a coach does that, he's lost the team. If he's oh, taking really, away yeah. a, a ping pong table, let's say you have a three game losing streak, and if some boneheaded <laughs> coach says I'm taking away the ping pong table, in my opinion, you've lost the team because just like Kami said, it, it's a way to bond. If if you have players that are saying to themselves, you know what, I don't think I'm gonna study the playbook. I'm just gonna go play ping pong. You have the wrong player anyway. So it just feels like a a drastic move where grown men who love the sport more, if not, you know, as much, if not more than the actual coaches, they don't need to be punished because they're losing. That's more of a high school move. If, if anybody did that when I was in the NFL, I would have lost respect for them as a coach. I remember seeing when Parcells took over the Cowboys, you know, all mm -hmm. that stuff was gone. It was before games started and everything, but remember that was a story Oh, the ping pong tables are going. It's like, okay, well, yeah, cool. whatever. Yeah, was that why they lost? <laughs> exactly. Five and 11 three years in a row? <laughs> and I know Parcells is a great coach, sure, but sure. that's, I just, no, I would think that most of the team would say he, he's lost us. Gotcha. All right. So, yeah. with all that in mind, what's next for you guys? You got three games left. This is a massive, massive showdown. Cleveland Browns, before the season, you think, well, I don't know what, what's gonna, what they're going to look like. You know, they're a game above the Texans in the standings. There's a lot to play for on both sides. Yeah. Um, great. Yeah, great question. I think that focus comes in, you know, continuing to do what we've been doing. Like, every week it's been important. And I want to say we're getting used to that, but it's like, okay, you know, let's let's reload, you know. And this is another big week. We got a lot of guys returning from injury. So it's, it's time to get back to work and, you know, coach and all our coaches have been great about resetting us mentally you know whether it's the low of last week coming off the Jets game or the high this week of coming off the win it's like okay get back to us and let's get back to work let me ask you this I've always wondered but never asked this is what I love about being on this side of the mic now uh, now the playing days are over with kickers uh and punters but I'm gonna focus on kicking do you watch film on the approach of the defense, like how they're going to try to block it? Or does that, like you talked about, does that give you too much to think about? Do you focus just on what you're doing? But do you ever watch film on on the opponent? Talking about the – Like field goal block. Field goal block uh, team. Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, I, I don't. I think if I do my job and us as an operation do our job – Then it doesn't matter. What it really mean. doesn't matter. Um, and if they do sneak in somehow and something happens, then – you know, move on to the next kick. So that's just part of the game. You can't be perfect. Um, nobody is. And just live with that. So with that being said, and that's cool to know, I just always wonder, do you watch film on yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, Technique-wise, I usually go back to, like I said earlier, the feels of things, how I was feeling, you know, mentally, where was my thoughts if I was a little distracted, you know, like maybe I was thinking about the wind or something and not hitting my true ball. Um, that's the kind of stuff I try to reflect on. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. Don't touch that dial. The player of the week, player of the month, sitting right next to us here in Texans Huddle. We'll be right back. Welcome in. Welcome back. Texans Huddle. I'm Indy Kalu. He is Drew Doherty. Kaimi Fairbairn joining us here in the Texan Huddle second segment. Enjoy the conversation. Let me, I'm sure they ask you this all the time. And, and again, with my background being of Nigerian descent, uh, first generation, our names are important. You, you know, our names mean a lot to us. So first, and forgive me, because again, I'm sure you've been asked this a million times. Can you say your 
a name in its entirety and then kind of talk about the importance of your culture of places behind their names. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so my whole name is John Christian Ka'imi Noe Aoloa Meka Ikeoke Kumupa Fairbairn. And that was given to me. That is so awesome. Yeah, it's a mouthful. I'd, truthfully, I didn't learn how to spell it till like seven or eighth grade. <laughs> Still got to sound it out here and there. Um, yeah, but that name, I don't ever remember learning it. It's always just, I've always just known how to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was cool for me kind of to turn the page a little bit of like giving a name to my son and the meaning that goes behind it. And it's like in the Hawaiian culture, it's it's who you are, you know, and the meaning of it. And, you know, it comes from your family. Um, they kind of give you this name and it's like a gift. Mm. And to me, it's kind of like I've, I've strived to live by it a little bit. Um, yeah, to get all deep and stuff. But, yeah, to, to see and give it to my son, it's it's been a cool process of, like, just going to that next level of, of thinking about what you want for somebody. And um, it's not like a fortune teller or a fortune you know, cookie or whatever it is. It's just like a, a feeling that I had for him and um, becoming a parent and all that stuff. Like, my, I'm really thankful for my parents and my family and what they, what they gave to me. That is awesome. So when you had your son, and congratulations on, you. on the young man, so, like, in my culture, you're supposed to name your firstborn after your father. Mm-hmm. So all the firstborn sons are named after their grandfather, which you you said it's more of a feeling, it's what you want. Are there any rules or guidelines that you're supposed to follow, like familial rules uh, through the family, or how does that work? A little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about, like, dreams mm-hmm. and stuff when um, you have dreams about uh, your your son or your mm-hmm. daughter or whatever it is, and it's like the, um, I guess you know the gods of Hawaiian gods mm-hmm. um, or God, wh- whichever you believe, whatever you whatever religion you believed in, it's like they're telling you, they're giving you a, a glimpse of sight into right. what you want your, what they want for your kid, and it's almost like a curse not to pass that on to him or to her. Um, so yeah, just kind of going through that process, it was. It was cool. That's yeah, awesome. it, was, it was learning from my family, my aunties, my uncles back home awesome. and kind of picking their brain about how to go about it. It, it was special. Yeah. So, Kaimi, what does your full name, your full name mean? And what does your son's full name mean? Yeah. So mine, Kaimi means to seek. And my mom loved that name. And she just didn't want me to seek anything. You know, you can you can search for something and get lost, you know. So. The whole name means to seek wisdom and talents with knowledge and a firm foundation. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, just take that, and I tried to live by that. And then my son is Kukilakila Omakali'i, and it means strong, poised, and standing tall with, po- with, um, with humility, um, guided by peace and openness. Okay. Yeah. Well, I saw, I saw his young son when he was about seven, eight months old at training camp, and he was... Oh, he's Always a big boy. upright, and he had nice chubby cheeks. So he yeah, looks yeah. healthy, man. Well fed. Yeah. Well fed. <laughs> hey, so turnabout is fair play. We we heard his, and I heard Rick Smith one time when you and I were doing something about fifteen years ago. He called you by by what I think is your first name, but N D Kalui. That, that's not your 
Those, those are initials for your your first name. What what is your name? Indukwe uh, DK Kalu. Okay. Yes. And what's what's the meaning of that? Uh, long life, prosperity will come. All right. And the last name is Warrior of Thunder. So cool. you know, similar to Kaimi, there's a lot of you, you don't play with your names. No, uh, no, no. And the only why reason, would you when you got a name like that? <laughs> you know, like. And the only reason we go by ND is obviously you don't want to lose your your culture, your tradition when you move over to the states. But at the same time, you have to understand when. Growing up, it's funny when I was uh, in elementary and they do roll call at the beginning of the year and you have a new teacher, she'll be saying everyone's name, then she'll pause. <laughs> then all my friends will be like, oh, it must be your turn for your <laughs> name. So, you know, when you see all that, it's kind of tough for uh, people from the West. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but. So when you're around the house, what, what would your parents call you? You know, they actually, not because they were watering it down, but even in Nigeria, they call you ND. And the reason they do that is, Every boy is named after the father's father. Right. So my grandfather had eight sons. So all of his sons are named after him. So when you're all in the village together, you have to know who you're talking to. So ND is Ndukwe DK. DK is my dad's name. Oh, then right. my cousin, he's Ndukwe Eme, which is his father's name. So that's how you kind of know the difference. Okay. So that they, so they did call me ND just so you know. Like, Would your brother go by NM? Uh, so so if I had a brother, I have two sisters. Okay, who is the Ndikwe? Oh, M A. That, that's my cousin. Oh, okay. So how but, would, what would he go by? E or M? N E or N? So they'll say Ndikwe M A or N E or you know they'll say something. Yeah, that's right. Just to kind of uh make sure you know who you're talking about. Yeah, I remember Rick saying he called him. I was like, what did he just say? Yeah, he said the 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 government name as they like to say. Yeah. Yeah, but that's very cool, and I've I've played with some guys from Hawaii, and I've always known that it, it was special. You, yeah. you know, it wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to name them red because that's my favorite color, right, so right, that's right. pretty cool. All right, back, back to the sport of football. Uh, you know, three games – is it three or four games left? Three games, yeah, man. Three, three games left. How tough is it not to do the whole standing watch? Like, do you watch the standings and say, well, if Jacksonville loses this game or this, that, or the other, how, how tough is it to say just focus on what we got to do? Yeah, I think I definitely peek about all that <laughs> stuff. Not going to lie. You know, see how the other games have gone. It's just natural. Yeah. But the nice part about our situation is we control our destiny. So it's just, you know, then it be, kind of becomes a lot simpler. It's like, hey, you know, we can do this. And if we put in the effort, put in control what we can control and whatever else, you know, let them do what they want to do. How much do you kick during the week in practice? Because I imagine there's a balance. You don't want to wear yourself out. You got to stay sharp, mm -hmm. so on and so forth. What's that regiment like? Yeah, so the quality over quantity type thing for me, um, usually I kick Wednesday, Fridays, and then Sundays, obviously. So a day apart, um, get the rest after the Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then, you know, heavier day on Wednesday, and then sharpen up on Friday, and then let it rip on Sunday. You know, I keep asking you about the mental aspect because I never envied a kicker because I'm always like, I don't want to be in that, you know, in that guy's shoes. What is it like during a game where there's three quarters and you haven't even stepped on the field? Like, are you staying on the bike? Are you kind of going through the thought process you talked about earlier in the show? Yeah, it's a, you go through little mental rehearsals, I guess you'd want to say, of like, you know, maybe the other team had a PAT or a field goal and you kind of, all right, if I was in that situation, what would I be doing? You go through it in your head. Um, but yeah, that's the hard part yeah. for sure is if you haven't touched the field for a while and then all of a sudden you're, you're called upon, thankfully I've been in that situation. So you kind of know how to manage your, you know, your body and your emotions, your mentals. 
So, yeah, I think once you get to the game time, it's just, you know, whatever comes, comes, and don't resist anything. With that being said, do you ever get upset when you feel like they're within your range, but not this coach, but any coach is playing it too conservative for you? Like, are you ever thinking to yourself, come on, coach, I, I can I can make this? Um, I think I always have that attitude. Is if yeah, if if it's best for the team to punt it and set us up, then you know, so be it. And if they just called upon me, then I'm I welcome that too. Let's nice. go. Um, so I'm, I I try to show like uh, if it's third down and I'm waiting there on the sideline and I creep out, it's like, <laughs> hey, I'm ready. Yeah. Um, but if whatever's best for the team. I've seen that. I've seen the creeping sometimes. Yeah, a, you kind of give yeah. that little jog out like you're getting ready to go. But Yeah, it's you know. interesting. Hey, one thing we do on this show is we talk about position group dinners. Do you guys do that? Do you guys, the three of you, get together? Occasionally, but for us, all of us have kids now. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's just, you know, Friday becomes about about them and then you know maybe date night with your wife mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff so it's infrequent when you guys do get together yeah sometimes if birthday or yeah. you know occasion we might bring the whole family with us too oh that's cool yeah yeah what do y'all do when y'all when that happens Is that somebody's house or do y'all go out uh we have gone to my house before um sometimes we just go grab some tacos or something something easy yeah i got you i like how y'all do it all right we're gonna take a quick time out so how old's your boy now he's almost a year Will this be your first Christmas with him? First one. Okay, good. On the other side, we're going to ask, what's the perfect gift for your son, and what does Kaimi want off the football field for Christmas? We'll talk about that and much more. Texan Huddle right here. Welcome in. Welcome back. One more segment to go right here. Texan Huddle. I am ND. He's Drew. Kaimi joining us here in the huddle. And before we left, I gave him a few seconds to think about it. We're six days away from Christmas uh obviously when you think christmas now we we forget the reason for the season it's all about the gifts so we'll play into that one you're gonna spend your first christmas with your baby boy Mm. so what gift are you buying for him and what do you want you know the men always get overlooked the husbands the fathers (laughs) always get overlooked so what 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 do you want off the field what do you want to unwrap Ooh, shoot well i think the obvious one would be you know, we're playing on Christmas Eve, so that would be a gift for me and a lot of other people in this stadium. Get that dub, have a great deck Christmas. <laughs> but uh, something on a wrap, hmm, that's a good question. I think I put it on my Christmas list. Um, there's this, uh, <laughs> there's this little like caddy, um, a stroller caddy, mm-hmm. where I you can attach it to a stroller. And oh, it's, yeah. it's got these slots for golf clubs. <laughs> so I'm going to take my son, put him in the stroller, and then put all my clubs wow. in the stroller. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so you can walk. Yes. You're outside with your son. And then I'll get my son a little mini putter. So there you go. All get golf related. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. All yeah. golf related. Look, a true dad is golf related. Yeah. And he still throws in something <laughs> for his son. No <laughs> so that's a true dad. Have you and seen you that take on away, the course? Have you seen people use No, this? I haven't. Okay. I haven't. I, it's come up on the Instagram feed yeah. pretty much. Yeah. It's going to probably come up on our Instagram feeds now that we're talking about our phones. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, are exactly. listening. Yeah. No doubt. Listening. yeah. What's your favorite Christmas song? Ooh. I mean, Melikaliki Maka. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. What about you, Dendi? What's yours? You know what? I'm gonna sound real bah humbush or bah humble. I don't know. I can't. You know what? Maybe uh, was the Hollis Queens Run DMC that Christmas song? That's a good, one. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in Die Hard. It's a good one. What's yours? Uh, I like Caroling Caroling by um, 
Nat King Cole, mm. White Christmas, Bing Crosby. Nat King Cole. Last Christmas, Wham. Wham? Yeah, why not? Okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to look that one up. Okay, let me you've ask. Heard, you've heard it. You've heard it. Let me ask y'all this, and I'll say this. as Even though I sound like I'm not into Christmas, I am. One of my favorite Christmas movies is the old school movie where, and I can't even remember the name, but I watched it in elementary where he said, oh, I shouldn't have been born. Oh, yeah. It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. It's my favorite movie ever. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay, so ever? we're on the same page. All movies, yeah. Do you have a favorite Christmas movie? <laughs> yeah, we're on a little kick right now. We try to watch on it, you know, turn it on every night. Nice. Um, Right now, Polar Express, I think. That's a good call. Is that Tom movie. Hanks? Yeah. 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 Okay. It's like a cartoonish kind of. Cartoon, yeah. 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 I'm going to have to try that then. That's, I, it's pretty, it's good with, yeah. Young good kids. with kids. I forgot Stevie Wonder has like three bangers. Uh, that's what Christmas means to me. That's that's my favorite. That's your favorite. <laughs> yes. Isn't Mariah Carey the, Mariah the Carey. Hers is a good Christmas. one. Yeah, it's on in every store. Yep. It's playing in like a zillion stores right now. Okay, I saw the shock in your eyes when he said It's a Wonderful Life is his favorite movie ever. <laughs> What's your favorite movie? Favorite movie Mo- ever? Regardless of genre. Man, shoot. Like when you're relaxing on the couch, it's on no matter what you say. You know what? I'm going to f- I'm gonna watch it because it's on. Ooh. I, first one that comes to mind, probably like <laughs> Interstellar maybe. Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. That's, that's strong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's strong. Yeah. Those are those are two that come off the top of my head. What was the first one? I haven't even heard of that one. Interstellar? Yeah. The was space one. I'm gonna have to check that. Have I've you heard, seen it? I've heard of it, I've never seen so you, it. So so you recommend yeah. it? Should I should I sit on the couch and Definitely. Interstellar. It's a trip for sure. <laughs> it huh. It's a, it's about space and the future and Matthew McConaughey's in it. Um All Anne right. Hathaway. Yeah. How have I not heard of that? Good. <laughs> I'm glad thank you. You've given me something to watch. What's your favorite movie? You know what? As I'm asking Kaimi that, I'm like, that's it's a loaded question because it's question. more like yeah, like seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, New Jack City, I really enjoyed New Jack City. Scarface, as bad as the acting is, <laughs> maybe it was the point of my life when I watched it. Have you seen Scarface with course, Al Pacino? Of course. I, I just that's one movie that no matter what, I, I'm stopping and watching. Right. And I'm not one of these fake wannabe gangsters, but there's just something about no, the movie. No, it's uh, captivating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, then uh, coming to America oh, that's was a just yeah. There's so just good. there's yeah. so many so yeah. Good. There's so many. It's such a tough. So so give us your your three that just pop in into your head when you hear that. Love question. Die Hard. Um, Goodwill Hunting. One? That Goodwill Hunting was a yeah. The that's first wrong. first Goodwill Hunting is phenomenal movie. I've yeah. seen that a bunch and it doesn't ever diminish. Um, gosh, love. I love a lot of baseball movies too. Mm-hmm. Like, Sports uh, movies, yeah. Field of Dreams, Bull Durham, The Natural. You know, I can kind see of that. a you got categories, right? Yeah, yeah. Sports exactly. movies, <laughs> totally. dramas, your Michael action. Mann movies like Heat, Collateral. You know, I go, those are all good. Yeah, so. I'll say one that caught me off guard because I had no idea what it was going to be about, and sometimes that makes it a better viewing experience for me. A Green Mile. Have y'all oh, seen Green Mile? Oh, hell of a movie, yeah. Like, I didn't know Incredible. about the, yeah. the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, the aspect of the fact that it's the fantasy part of right. it. Right. You know, so when I saw that, I was like, oh, whoa, whoa mm-hmm. where did that come from? I haven't from? seen that for, like, 25 oh, years, but that was a that's great, a great one. one. Yeah. Classic. Do you yeah. listen to music? Like, before the games, you, depending on position, certain guys, you know, try to get hyped. They try to stay cool. Like, pregame, are you listening to anything? Not really. I... I've tried that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to be in my surroundings and observe and hear stuff, and I feel more comfortable that way. If I had headphones on, I'd feel like shut off. Mm. 
Um, so I like to be, you know, hearing guys talk, you know, whatever it is. And so I, that just works for me. How I, important is it for you to, you know, really watch the game, watch the offense, the defense, and kind of understand what's going on? Yeah, um, I think I'm definitely – I. I'm more free on when we're on defense just because I'm not locked in going on offense. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely keep an eye on the offense, obviously, as they move down the field. But it's more of like observing, not getting like attached to whatever's happening so I can kind of stay in my zone. Um, but, yeah, I definitely keep track of the game. Yeah. When yeah. the Texans are on offense and say they're down on the other end of the field at like the 25 – you're usually on the other end of the sideline, right? Kicking into that because there's two nets, so right? And you, you, if we're on our own 25 or the, the about opposite, to score. like you're about to score, you're yeah. you're closer to the the opposite 25, mm -hmm. and you kind of flip, right? You sort of stay opposite the action. Am yeah, I, am I right? I like to say that? I like to do that because I can come onto the field and walk towards the field goal, so it looks like the field goal is getting closer and smaller, ah, or okay. not smaller, larger, um, rather than you know just the awkwardness of coming right from the side that makes way more sense than i thought you just did it because you didn't you wanted a clearer path to walk you didn't want to have to walk definitely that aspect of but it that yours yours makes a whole hell of a lot that <laughs> i didn't even think of yeah yeah that is cool you know this is fascinating because this is one part of the game i just don't know anything about so to hear the mental aspect the mental mm -hmm. approach even how you approach and walk onto the field like mm -hmm. where our dumbasses at Z-Line we're just like All right, let's just run on the field like where's the ball okay there it is but you're like so when is that taught like did somebody teach you that at an early age or is it more natural um yeah taught and then you just kind of I've always liked to watch other kickers in their routines mm -hmm. um whether you know if you watch somebody and you can see what they do it, you almost get to learn what you don't like and what you do like, so you know what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Um, so yeah, I, my coach did mention something like that. Just you got to figure it out for yourself. Right. Who Who are the kickers that you leaned on as far as like I watched this guy, I watched this guy. That, who would you get the the most info from and mm. pattern most things after? Was it a combo of of guys? Yeah, or what? definitely a combo. Um, Robbie Gold for sure. Oh okay. He he's retired. But he was definitely one Long of my time. Yeah. one of my favorites, especially being able to do it in Chicago. Um, Dan Bailey, he was he was lights out for for a long time. Cowboys, yeah. Yep, and then obviously like the greats, Venetary, you know, just they all have different techniques. They all swing a little different, but just their approach to the game mentally, you know, is all has been elite. Mm -hmm. What's the relationship like during training camp when they bring in other kickers at, for the other positions? Your thought is, oh, we could be friends and hopefully the guy makes the team. But with kickers, like, hey, only one of us is going to make it. So is it more are you mentoring the young guy or is it, are you looking at him like, no, that's my competitor? Um, both. Um, I, I don't see why you can't have respect for a guy that you're competing with. Um, if they ask me questions – I'll answer them truthfully. I'm not trying to like, you know, make, you know, if I want him at my best, cause that's going to make me better. I've always personally liked kicking with other kickers because when you go out alone, it's, it's different. You know, you're, you're working on stuff, but there's, when there's somebody else there, it's like, all right, I gotta be sharp today. Kind of brings you up a little bit, um, you know, rise to that, you know, if occasion, I guess, whatever it is when it's important. Um, but yeah, when other kickers come, it's just you know, it's part of the game. Part, part of, of the, the job. Yeah. 
So, so you actually give them good advice. So, like me, I'll be like, no, you got to kick it with your toe, and, you know, and you gotta, you gotta Straight go with, sabotage yeah, by you gotta go glue. with the wind. Or so, so you're, you're I definitely giving, do that, you know. Like, let's kick, let's kick against the wind today. No, yeah. see what you're about. Four times if you approach it, and yeah. then then try to kick it. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, so that's cool. I, I figured, uh, you, you know, there's always going to these, be these battles in training camp, but. With kickers, it's, it's, there's only one spot. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know how intense the relationship would be off the field. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is, you know. If it, Hopefully it, you, it makes you better. Right. That's the way I look at it. Well said. Well, it's made you better, and the Texan fans are definitely appreciative of it. Appreciate what you've been doing here for so many years, and keep it up. And we really appreciate you joining us here in Texans Huddle. Yeah, I appreciate the love, you know. The city, the fans, thank you very much for sticking with us. Hope to make you guys proud. Thanks for your guys' time today. And go Texans. You've already made us proud. For Kaimi, for Drew, I am Indy. This has been Texan Huddle.